no one person shall forget the horrors of autumn's past. When death itself roamed the night behind the lurid mask. In the quiet town of Haddonfield, one brisk October night, a monster with the urge to kill suddenly came to life. Corpses left in pools of blood amidst the gruesome scenes. Remains of those who never knew and some too scared to scream. Many have said they heard he died, but others still believe that Michael will be coming home again this Hallow's Eve. demand i am enjoined by the man of the inferior race the polish man himself sebastian that is right fuck <laughs> us you agree with the inferior race part then huh absolutely absolutely <laughs> fuck you all yes exactly i and i have to chime in to anyone that chimed into my past rant about the whole pc thing getting out of control and they're just like yeah because i just you know i ran it on that bullshit because it's fucking pch it was really nice to hear people like you know what reaper yeah it is out of control because it is and it's fucking bullshit so thank you for that been a while since we heard from Hellcast, and there's been a lot of things happening with our sponsor, Hell's Headbangers. A lot of releases that went on. We got uh, Bone Hunter with Evil Triumphs again, available on CD, LP, and cassette. Evil Army with Violence and War, that's available on LP. Cyanide, Death, Doom, Destruction, CD, and LP, that is a reissue of their classic album. Midnight, Shitfucker, Split 7-inch. And uh, Cemetery Lust, Screams of the Violated, that's on CD. And the LP will be here in December. And I have to give a shout-out to the future release that is in the works, and that is Cleveland's owned Terror. That's right. Ah, fuck, I don't know what the name of the EP is, but it'll be a 7-inch release, um, and it's... Really, Terror's kind of more uh, cult at this point. Uh, you know, if you're from the area, you definitely know who the band is. Abroad, maybe not so much, but you're missing yeah. out, and uh, you'll be able to check it out when it comes out. So Some old-school old school stuff out of Cleveland. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I believe the the recordings, I, I heard the recordings, actually. Uh, it sounded familiar. I was like, is this a re-recording? Uh, so I think it's a re-recording, but uh, don't know the details. I, I don't have my cheat sheet in front of me, but definitely an exciting release that will be on Hell's Headbangers as well. And later in the show, since it's Halloween, we got to deal with the devil. What the fuck is that, Reaper? Well, that's when we give away free shit. And today, you'll be able to f- choose from some of the latest releases. That's uh, Bone Hunter's latest album, Evil Triumphs, on CD. Or Cyanide, Death, Doom, Destruction. A Shitfucker, Midnight, Split 7-Inch. Cemetery Lust, Screams of the Violated CD. Those are your options. You get to choose one of those if you are indeed a winner. And there will be five of those. We'll get to to that later on the show but uh keep listening and i will bring it up so it's halloween time
Thank you, Dennis Delaware, for that awesome gift you gave me last year. It's obviously still rocking and working, and uh, that's one of the things. Halloween time has awesome fucking props. And that totally, that song always reminds me of Trans-Siberian Orchestra decided to go metal and chose power metal and <laughs> Halloween songs. That's what they would write. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's only like a fucking power metal band. I think, I, dude, I think it's amazing like how many things you can buy these days that actually make noises and shit for Halloween, man. They got so many cool props, man. Yeah, oh, dude, totally. And you're coming around on those props. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> but more on that later. But unfortunately, yeah. the Halloween season is not going to be the same. It's going to have a somber atmosphere this year because, uh, obviously, as most people know by now, our uh, good friend Jim Kanye, or as uh, more people probably knew him as, his stage name, Jim Sadis. Or Jim Lasagna. I was, <laughs> I was just going to say that, that was a more obscure one. Malcolm Anthony, Jim Satanic. And I uh, fuck. I was trying. I, I I thought there was one. It was like like gym shorts or something. But uh, like it had something to do with the gym. Anyway, uh, you know, he uh, passed away on what uh, October sixth or October seventh. I know it was a Wednesday. I think it was October seventh. Probably. For anyone who doesn't know the story, he had a stroke, and then he was hospitalized. Obviously. And uh, he was starting to recuperate. We even saw him in the hospital. Um, right, right, right. And, you know, he was getting better. It was like, hey, he's going to rehabilitation and, uh, well, you know, start learning how to walk and stuff again. And then this is at least how I know it. And if it's wrong, it, the series of events is probably out of order. But the, the things that happened was that he had a seizure. And I guess they put him in a medical coma because of that. And then they did a CAT scan or something right. and found out he had another stroke on the opposite side of his yeah. brain. Pretty much then where they would have deemed he was, after they did the brain tests, of course, that he would have been a vegetable for the rest right. of his life. Um, if not, just totally and brain dead. he'd probably never wake up either. Right. From, from my experience, man, when I was at the hospital and I saw him, you know, I was in good heart. So I'm like, okay, you know, he's talking, he's understanding me, he's, you know, alive. He's going to go to rehab. Shit's going to be okay, you know? I think everybody had, you know, good thoughts. Yeah, I thought so, too. And he was making some progress, too, slowly but steadily. So, I mean, you know, it's just shit hit the fan a second time. And What better way, then, for a Halloween episode than to do it in tribute to Jim? And that's what we're here for tonight, right? We're not going to talk about what happened to him, but we're going to well, talk yeah, about Well, yeah, you can find all that shit online, and really, it's just a, it's a, just a downer. So we're going to celebrate the person that we knew. You know, obviously, any sort of story would definitely not be complete without kind of giving the origins of how you even know this person and what you did with this person. Yeah. And obviously, I was, most notably, I was a nunslaughter for six years or so, and uh, I've also done The Spawn of Satan with Jim. And I, I've done I've done numerous projects actually even thinking about it Apartment 213 I record one of their uh, one of their seven inches and you know I was always helping out and actually was even just a, a close friend and I remember um, you know the first time that I really did talk to him was uh, on the phone I had known who he was because uh, my brothers my three brothers. The story's out. My three brothers own and operate Hell's Headbangers. There it is. The first release that ever came out on Hell's Headbangers was the Spawn of Satan Blood Six split. And so they had that already gone. And obviously, I knew about him because of that. And then, you know, heard that about was the, that, that was the first Hell's Headbangers release? First Hell's Headbangers ever released. Um, and so it's because of Jim that I kind of sort of have a job on a podcast to this day. But <laughs> sort of slightly, you know. Yeah. It's not the everything to do with the label, but it definitely helped. And, uh, so through that, I remember then when uh, I was looking for just members for Crucified Mortals, there was a, uh, an old CD store. It was called Quonset Hut. There was a few of them around. 
Yeah. And there was one particularly in this city, Seven Hills, Ohio, and I posted a, a flyer for Crucify Mortals, and then you replied. Yes. And I was like fucking a 16-year-old kid, <laughs> and for whatever reason, I don't – well, I don't think you knew how old I was. <laughs> well, and you yeah. replied, and I remember like we're ta- we were talking on AIM, dude, AOL chat. <laughs> Know, and you're like, I'm interested in being a drummer for your band. I'm really impressed by the logo. And it's funny because like, looking back, I'm like, dude, that logo is totally – the dude that made that logo, that Crucify Mortals logo, just fucking ripped off the Mortal Kombat font. <laughs> I think the thing that really did it for me was the influences that you listed. You were like creator Sodom. And you specifically and I'm said. I'm thinking to myself, I, there's no fucking way that this kid is 16 years old and is into this shit. I was 15. You know? I was 15. Yeah. That was before I was driving because that was one of the excuses. Yeah, that was in the 90s too, right? That no, was, was, 2000s. 2000s, yeah. I'm giving so, up my age, so man. We go. can't do this. It was too many secrets being revealed. <laughs> no, you see, like, no, I'm terrible with numbers, so anyways. No, you're but, not. Uh, but so you replied yeah, that was, to that. I think that was the, thing, the main thing that drew me. But So you replied to that, and I remember we're talking, and it's like my brothers put out one of Jim Kanye's CDs, and you're like, I know him. And I could totally picture Sebastian typing on this AIM going, hey. I know Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was like that, you know. But but then you got to keep about, you know, you keep in mind too that it's like, you know, if there's anybody that has anything to do with metal, or just likes it, well, or, little did or I know, or isn't a band, chances are. Nine out of ten. Yeah, they know who Jim is. Right. Well, you know, I didn't know that. You know, I, 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 didn't, I don't even know what the fuck I was thinking to even bring it up. But you know, it, it, it got me in the door, I guess. And here, here it is. And here we are. What fucking? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many like, years later? Dude, you know? I, like Jim impressed me from the very beginning with me, because you know, my, my story was like I emigrated up here in '89. So to set it up, so you're, you're originally from Poland. You came here yeah. in, in 1989. So here you are in Cleveland, Ohio, of all right. places. Already. All the places you could have gone to in America. What the fuck did you come up to Cleveland for? Oh, <laughs> well, family. That's because my family's here. Well, why did they know? fuck up, too? Yeah, they, obviously they did. Yeah, but, exactly. You know? But anyway, you met Jim. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, but you know, it's uh, it was different, too, because, you know, like, already a metalhead into creator, all the German trash, you know. Because yeah. keep in mind, it's 1989, so... Destruction, Creator, Sodom, Death Row. All these bands I, you know, Death Row, I get credit for turning you into. Yes, I did not know who Death Row was until you yeah. told me. So anyways, but uh, but yeah, and, and at that time, you know, I, I was doing an underground fanzine too called Death Core. Yeah. I actually put out like two issues. Little did you know, man, you, you spawned the yeah. term. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Death Core. Fucker. I know. But uh, music. but I mean you know it's it was all underground flyers and shit and I did that in Poland and when I came here I started doing it here and you know that this at, at a certain point this stuff was circulating so well that you you really didn't need computers you knew everything you would get flyers oh Everybody it was such a better flyers time. and eventually Jim sent me a letter really yeah and and it was like because because I he saw the Cleveland address I think it was Fairview Park because that's where I lived at that time. And he did send me a letter saying, hey, dude, I'm glad that, you know, somebody else is taking an initiative and doing something for the underground and all that. My name is Jim Lasagna. Yeah. Oh, it was Lasagna <laughs> you know, then. It was Lasagna, yeah. And, and I'm like, we, we rode back and forth a couple of times. I think he sent me some flyers for Mench, too, like a seven-inch yeah, yeah. split for Mench. Um, I was one of his bands. still have those Like more noisy, like he, banged on a, he played drums but, on a dryer. But, then, you know, then eventually, like – I've never even seen the guy yet, and then eventually at a show, I think it was, uh, I want to say it was one of the earlier shows of Death, maybe with Carcass mm-hmm. uh, at the Empire. Um, they would have been touring the Scream Bloody Gore. No, not the Scream Bloody Gore. Uh, the third album. Spiritual uh, Heal. Yeah. 
that was the spirit. That's where you met Jim for the first and, time. And yeah, and well, and you know, Jim was there, and he just walk, walks up to me and uh, kind of like, "Oh, you must be Sebastian." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> I'm Jim." Kyle. How the fuck I, you know me? And you know, it was all because the reason why he pointed me out, I think, really easily is my leather jacket had an exhumer rising from the sea patch. Okay, I've heard the story. And, and uh, I, I still have the jacket, still have the patch, and Jim fucking noticed that, and he's like, okay, I've never seen this patch before. Exhumer never played in the States. This is yeah. the dude. It was that easy. Yeah. You know? And uh, so so that's, you know, that's how we, we met. And Well, that, that's funny because... I told I, I I thought I didn't know the story, but I I told I knew I knew that story, and uh, when I was in uh, Germany, I met a, an old friend of mine who was really a, a, essentially a pen pal, um, literally, and uh, I you know we 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 met and we hung out, and he brought me an Exumer Rising from the Sea patch, yeah, a woven patch, probably the exact patch that you had, and I forget how he even knew I wanted it, but that's here nor there. And I remember uh, I held on to it for a while, and I knew that story of you and how excited Jim was. So I gave him that patch, and he's like, I'm not going to sew this on my vest. He's <laughs> like, I want to preserve it. I want to keep it. And uh, then the funny thing is um, we met uh, Men Von Stein. We got we right, got right. Well, well, we in go, touch with them. You know, it's like a fucking time warp zone, you know, where we right. go back another time. Oh, my God. All, all the stories, it's really, we could. 20 years later, only to fucking me, Jim, and yeah. you touring with the frontman from Exumer, right? Well, we didn't. Playing like, a show in, in New York. Well, but they came here. Yeah. Dude, all the stories you could tell and lose listeners with, like, where know, the I, fuck I, did you come up with that? I mean, but yeah, you know, it's like that the whole Exumer patch story, how Jim kind of recognized me, and then us playing with Mem, you know, 20 years later, and Jim Bain there filling in. On the drums for me, remember, because I had that broken wrist that one show. Oh, over. man, you're really skipping it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That CBGB's before CBGB's yeah. closed. Crucified Mortals was playing. Sebastian somehow broke his arm playing soccer. <laughs> yeah, it was a broken wrist. And, uh, and, uh, and you we played half one. a set three, in a we, cast. Yes. And then, but Jim started out the set. Jim started, I have the video, man. It sounds like shit. I wanted to post it for I the memorial. I have the pictures, which I've posted many. But, I mean, it was, it was, it was really interesting, too, because, like, we had this... I think we had what, like a three-week time period for something, because it was more show. than just that when show I, that when I fucking broke that wrist, and and I'm like, great, you know. So Jim stepped in, and yeah. you know he was willing to help. He didn't have enough time to learn. Oh, the dude, whole he set. was like nervous. He 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 would tell him. He was telling me. He that, didn't. I've been listening to the songs and at work in the truck. I, I you know memorizing them. Then we got to yeah. like he was. He really took it seriously, helping out. He did, and I, I he did a hell of a job on the songs that I did because some of them I I in my opinion when I listened to him, you know, you know, Jim had that specific style, you know, yeah, that fucking non-slaughter style of drumming, which no one else does. Hence the style. And, and it's like <laughs> he, he kind of brought that sound into a couple of our songs, and it sounded really ballsy. Yeah. But I mean, you know, he he only had time to really learn half of the set, so we ended up doing him kicking off playing the first half of the set, and yes. kind of finished that, off. That was why it was half. And okay. it was, you know, it was really cool too because number one, Jim was there. He he always he was always there. You know, I mean, yeah, stepped in, helped us out. We all get to experience CBGBs for like two three months before they close. It's something real, you know, yeah. It was a really good bill because it was us. Sun Descends. Sun Descends with Mam from Exumer. Yeah. On vocals. Uh, you know? I, 
I don't know. That was a really good bill because I don't freaking remember. <laughs> oh, deceased. <laughs> I have the flyer. Was deceased. It, was it deceased or October? Yeah, it was deceased because I only been to CBGB's once yeah. and I saw it. Yeah, it was the, they headlined. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, disease headline. Uh, Sean, I was a couple other bands, too, after us, I think. Yeah, band I have from the Boston. flyer, dude. I do have the flyer. Dude, the be- it's the best flyer, too, because there's a picture, yes. too, that, and it's like, it was the, it, as it came to be known as the, 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 the dick logo for Crucify yeah. Mortals, because it had, like, the T was extended. The T and the I for Crucified and the Mortals, they were, they were right below each other, parallel, and it was extended. And then the, the bulk of the logo kind of like, you know, went out from, you know, bulged out the sides like a ball sack. And it was Zach actually. He's like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a yeah, dick. And I'll tell you one thing. I was like, thing. God damn it, it is it, a dick. It, it, was a, it was a fucking cross, and I've never seen a dick in there. I and see it was, the dick. It was, it was the best logo well, we've, anyway, we've ever had. So that's I chopped all, I castrated the dick for the <laughs> so yeah, you removed so the on, the, on the on the so on the flyer was the castrated dick but you know so then just the, the balls of the logo and uh i remember like the it was just such a like i don't know how many times it was xeroxed and then so someone took a picture of the flyer on the wall at cbgb's and it's like Deceased, awesome. Sun descends, cool. And then you see like Crucify Morals logo, and it was just like no, this yeah. blob. And, and then someone put somebody, what? Somebody, <laughs> I have that picture. Oh somebody, my god! Somebody circled it. the logo yeah. <laughs> and, put, and what? wrote what? <laughs> <laughs> it just and looks like a di- it looks like a nutsack. Where's the dick? Oh, uh, it doesn't. It was a fucking cross. I never seen a dick. Dude, anymore. it's a fucking dick. <laughs> That's why I got like well, rid of it. All right, well, that's what you see. But. Uh, well, I I wasn't the only one. I, I didn't come up with it. Blame Zach, God damn it. And then numerous other people were like, it does look like yeah, a dick. Yeah. But, <laughs> see, one of the many fucking... Well, you CM, are what you One eat, of the I many guess. CM stories that we got to share with you in the yeah, future. Yeah, we're, we're getting off topic of Jim. We're just like, yeah. fuck, we're talking about the dick logo. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, summered through all that shit when we met. And then well, 20 partic- years later when we got to do that show, you know, there was still a whole lot of Jim in the middle. Oh, dude. And it, it, like me and him, we would always run into each other at shows, dude. I remember standing next to Jim the first time Morbid Angel ever played in Cleveland. It was at Flashes, mm-hmm. and you know, Flashes had this weird stage. It had like the stairwells on the in the middle of it to the side. It's so, it's leveled now. So so Jim was uh, Jim was standing on the stairs, and I can remember, you know, it was it was a hell of a show because back then, you know, when Morbid Angel started, they had this huge ass drum set, you know, with everything suspended from the yeah. It was, it was better than crazy. Cold Cop, that's for sure. And uh, you know, they would have the fucking zombie music playing and fucking bunch of smoke and red lights before they no would, like half an music, hour huh? before they came out, oh. you know. So here, you know, me and Jim were standing on the stairs and. You know, and they got this fucking theme going from zombie movie or something, and and there's a bunch of smoke, and, and Jim's just like Angel of Disease. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? I, I remember always hearing Flash Gordon's is before my time. They tore it down, yeah. but Jim always was talking about. He's like Flash Gordon's. They always had like the the snack bar guy that would come on in between shows. Or like the DJ or something, and you'd be like, and don't forget to stock by the snack bar. I might, I might have the details a little bit, but he would always come on. So fine, and I guess it was just the announcer actually. He would always mention the snack bar. So I guess it was at some show or you know Jim screaming and stuff, and the announcer guy's kind of having enough for him. So like by the end of the night, he's like. You know, the, the announcer says something, and Jim's like, tell him about the snack bar. He's like, it's closed. 
<laughs> I know. But that, that was Gemma. It's like, I remember, like, there was some show I was at, too. And uh, they were talking about Hell's Headbangers. Like, one of the bands that was like, oh, yeah, we got our, you know, this album coming out or this seven inch coming out on Hell's Headbangers. And Jim's hmm. in the back going, fucking rip off! <laughs> 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 well, speaking of seven inches, we had the opportunity then, as we opened the show with, with a song, Crucify Mortals, Obscure Inquisitor. So, I, dude, I tried for the life of me. Jim had this thing. So I would go over his house. We, we used to carpool the Nunslaughter practice. When I was in Nunslaughter, I lived, uh, I, or I, were, I, well, I lived far away. Um, I lived about 30 minutes away from, well, anything. And uh, distinctively work at that time. And it, it was about 10 minutes away from where Jim lived. So I'd work about 11 to 7 shift. And we would practice at like 7.30 or 8. So when I would get off work, then I would cruise over to Jim's house. And then I'd either leave my car there or, you know, I would take him. We, we'd carpool. And uh, so I'd hang out at his house a lot. I would get pizza or whatever the fuck. And uh, one time we're hanging out at his house and he's playing me this thing that he did. It was a spoken intro. And he's like, I was really hoping that King Folly in October would use it for an October 31 uh, release. Because basically what it was, was uh, Jim did a poem. He did like a voiceover thing and had creepy music and sound effects. Very fucking something you would get in like a really well done Halloween prop. Much like the <laughs> thing I played earlier. And... Uh, so I, I, for the life of me, I, to do this episode, I was like, dude, that would be fucking cool to find that thing. I had it. I couldn't find the goddamn disc that had it. I'm pretty fucking sure who's the culprit, too, but they didn't. They just said they didn't have it. So I reached out. I couldn't find it. So I was like, well, the next best thing would obviously be do, do the Obscured Inquisitor Crucified Mortal song because the cool thing about that is when I heard that intro, I was like, you know, that, that was really cool. He was, you know, he was doing like the, you know, this kind of voice, you know, kind of a voiceover creepy th- thing. It's like, hey, dude, it'd really be cool. You know, we're doing this Crucified Mortal 7-inch. You should come down to the studio and do an intro. I didn't have an intro. I didn't write the intro. So he came up with a poem. And then we put creepy noises, and so he came down to the studio while we were recording the Kill Pawn Command 7-inch. I know. I, dude, by he, the way, I, it was awesome, and, and I remember you never telling me about this until it was, was actually recorded and done. Yeah, and I don't know said, why I did you, that. You said, I think, no I, word of it. Wow. Well, I'm like, okay, what the fuck is this shit? But, uh, <laughs> well, I figured you'd probably have a poo-poo on it, or I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, so we, we did that, and... Uh, that was the closest thing I could come to that intro because that intro is the reason why that ever happened. It was, you know, like Jim, you got to give him that too. I mean, he had that specific voice that he could really, you know, mm-hmm. it I was mean, really cool. He he could almost land a job like being a speaker for some fucking horror. Show well, he was, stuff, he was creative know? like that. Yeah. And then, so, so he wrote the intro, he performed it. And then we, you know, obviously beefed it up with the sound effects in the background. So why I was in the studio though, with the, the second song, Nosferatu, and uh, appropriate beer. Uh, the Shriek, right? Right. I was like, you know, dude, we got this song. And, you know, and it, 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 it totally just punches you. And then, you know, it gets, it gets you amped up. Right. So when it comes in, I, like, I really like that. I always, I can't do it, but I really want you to do that razor shriek. That, ah! you know, I can't do it right now. I, could, I can do it now, because, thanks to Jim. And uh, so, he, so he did it. So he did that shriek. And uh, uh from there, I, I started picking his brains. Like, how the fuck do you do that? You know, and he's like, "Well, it's probably not good for your throat, but uh, what you do is you cut off your oxygen." <laughs> and he's like, 
you know, and you pretty much tighten your fucking larynx and just squeeze it out, and it's a shrieky. I was like, all right, cool. So I just start fucking trying it. So sure enough, so that's it, the. It, so, it does sound killer, man. That, yeah, that, that shriek sounds killer on the record. I and I owe it, and I owe it to Jim for yeah. teaching me how to do the and shriek. Jim, and, and Jim was the one that did it too. Huh? He was the one that did it on that song, and then every anytime you heard in Crucify Morals a shriek further for more, that was me, and I learned it <laughs> so, from the guy. So yeah. really, honestly, you know, speaking of seven inches and Halloween and all that good stuff, I think it would be really appropriate. And a lot of things that kind of get me when you know people are reminiscing about Jim, they 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 put like you know, notably Nunslaughter and Schnauzer, and it's like. And then many, many others, which I understand you can't exactly lift off, list off the man's discography and all the right. bands he's been right. in. But, but you like, know, like, you know, he, divulge he, some of them. He's probably the most notable for non-slider, I would imagine, right? It is. It, and it's understandable why they do so. But for the failure of, like, the articles and stuff that were written about him, I'm going to do the justice and be the guy that's going to bust out the obscure stuff. And so the first and foremost, as he was known as Malcolm Anthony, because that was his alias for all that is evil. Evil because he had this whole he was telling me about a lot like i had he had this character in mind where he, he like even had pictures that were never published or done anything with um where he's like in the leaves and stuff he's like yeah malcolm anthony would do that. like dude he, he really had this fucking character and this front man thought out and uh, so and unfortunately all that is evil just did one release so uh what let's the first song that we should play on the show in tribute to jim would be uh, all that is evil with i am wolf Tipper lift, 
that was deceased with the premonition. And I figured, you know, for me, if I got a Halloween soundtrack, as we're trying to go with, Deceased is definitely one of those bands that I would put on because they always just filled the air with some good horror tales, and I found out a lot of cool things because of Deceased. And And it's a great fucking band to begin with. Well, exactly. And you can own the history of that great fucking band with the release that's available now, the Demos from the Grave triple LP set. Yeah. Available now with those settings. You mentioned a a little bit more about it because that's the set that comes in in the so the thing it is, well, do you still have them? That's the thing. So the, yes, the 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 special edition thing came in a uh, wooden coffin. The wooden coffin is sold out. So as it's, you can kind of imagine, how f- it went. Do that fast, fucking didn't you know, it? yeah, yeah, it did. I, I have one. It's like, fucking like, we're great. We're talking because, like what two days, right? I don't know about that soon, but it was yeah, it was. Sorry, King, <laughs> but it, it was. <laughs> I mean, it was quick. It, it was dude. quick. I've seen it on. Uh, How could you not want that? You know, yeah. I have it, and I'm I'm glad I have it, but it's also like, God damn it, <laughs> this thing's like three feet tall. It, I'm like, fuck. You, you gotta have fucking space for this. <laughs> you know, I mean, this uh, this thing's gonna sit next to your CD. Right well, you can't get like, it anymore. You're gonna have to go on eBay. Oh. But what you can do is you can get the colored vinyl version if you already own the because the the coffin came the records are picture discs in that one we're now the just the triple lp set where you don't get a three foot coffin and tapes and all the other crap that comes in it you just get a, a three record beautiful set folds out a uh, wonderful gatefold awesome as fuck you need it uh colored vinyl this is the colored vinyl version if that's not enough for you because you need to get that demos from the grave triple lp set colored vinyl also available double cd cadaver traditions and that's all of deceased's covers which is a lot of them that's why it's a double disc set collected into one archive set so that's cadaver traditions available on double cd now at hellset bangers as well as deceased demos from the grave triple lp colored vinyl set so one of the things about metal man is there's a fucking culture. It's a very cultural kind of music because you can learn a lot of shit. And speaking of deceased, that's one of the bands that taught me a lot of shit. I mean, for instance, most notably, Edgar Allan Poe stories like Telltale Heart, The Raven, Pit in the Pendulum. Telltale Heart, most notably, because deceased did a song, um, fucking goddamn Telltale, second song on uh, uh, Supernatural Addiction. I like, I I love listening to that song because it's totally like a storytelling kind of thing. And because of deceased, you know, putting like what movies and shit in their booklet, like I was able to kind of discover that stuff. And, you know, what, what better Halloween kind of thing than to yeah. be able to, you know, reminisce about what you can discover because of metal. I think Venom or even the band Bathory taught us about Countess Bathory, you know, a good history lesson. I think most metalheads could safely say that they didn't know who the fuck Bathory was <laughs> until they listened to Venom or Bathory. Did you? I yeah yeah it, Venom was first before that you know for mm-hmm. me so I and, and well, I, I don't know and I never really got big into Venom and, but you learned something but from I learned something yeah yeah but did you know who Countess Bathory was until you heard Venom or Bathory probably not and it, it probably made me look into it yeah you know, exactly like it. Bathory why is that a name of a man you know and then you look into it and you find out a cool story because I remember like. Uh, Kronos. I had a, I have a video of Kronos. It was around the uh, Cast in Stone era where Kronos is taught. He's like, there's an interview. He's talking about Countess Bathory. And he's like, you know, she used to just lure people back to her lair and cut them up and you use the blood to bathe in there. It's a very wonderful story. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, it's wonderful. Like that, if 
good choice of words, Kronos. But it, like, I, I just remember that, and like, I was like, really, that sounds fucking cool. I did not know that. And then that was like, kind of like, oh, well, cool. I looked into it, and I was like, sure enough, that seems to be what he's talking about in this song. So thanks to that, you know, Vlad the Impaler. Had no fucking idea who that dude was. Just seeing that image, that famous, like, renaissance-looking medieval-time photo of Vlad the Impaler and wondering, what the fuck is that? I had no idea. You know, I thought that was a real guy, the Vlad the Impaler. Then you, know, you find out it's Dracula and all that shit. So thanks, Metal, for teaching me that. H.R. Geiger. I think the Celtic Frost cover of Tomegatherion that kind of introduced you to the, art, the artist of H.R. Geiger. Look at, like you know, alien and stuff and see like, wow, that, that really does look like that cover. HP Lovecraft with, uh, Cthulhu or Cthulhu or however the hell you spell it, you know, or, or pronounce it, you know, many different stories of HP Lovecraft, most notably the, uh, unspeakable band of Metallica with obviously the, the cult of Cthulhu, uh, song, you know, at least was always kind of like, where do they get that name? Why would they have that name? And then, you know, the many other like, HP uh, Lovecraft things like, obituary with the cause of death the cover i've always had a book that was uh it had that same exact artwork where the dude's wrapped up in a web and in the cage and stuff I'm like what the fuck and then i saw an hp lovecraft book i'm like dude they just totally took that from that book i didn't realize that was hp lovecraft book so that was actually a reverse effect but yet another fucking example of like the cool shit that you just kind of get familiar listening to all this crap movies always you can definitely get a lot of fucking horror movies and we, we we tried desperately on hellcast one time it was very it wasn't premeditated enough so it just went wah, 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 by the wayside of like horror movies and metal like what are some of the most iconic horror movies in metal like who sampled water row about what the most and you know we, we had a very piss poor list and piss poor planning for such and topic fell by the wayside but there's plenty of movies especially like i was mentioning with deceased especially on uh, supernatural addiction album where i was always excited that they put in the the lyrics the uh, the horror movies that they were writing about like it was like well fuck you know you read those lyrics and you're like shit that that's a cool sounding movie i want to go check that out like the premonition for for instance it was a twilight zone episode it's like, I mean, I definitely knew what the Twilight Zone was. I've, I've seen episodes, but I distinctively was like, fuck, I got to check that episode out because that sounds awesome. You know, it wasn't always just deceased, but getting back to Jim, he was always preaching to me, Devil Dog and The Car, best horror movies ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not, but <laughs> he always was uh, about yeah. it. And... Uh, but Jim was into horror too a lot. Uh, not, not as like, not, not to, not like, totally nerdy where he had like he didn't have no he didn't have all these collect this collection and stuff i mean mm-hmm. he i mean he, he wasn't exactly the, the biggest movie buff you know he knew he knew what he knew like growing up and stuff and would see what he would see like just halfway paying attention but devil dog he specific he specifically had the vhs tape that he had i had to borrow because well first when when jim described it it's jim describing anything was always awesome you know <laughs> especially like a metal record like just listening to it like because he would do he would do the uh the sound effects you know like i'll never forget freaking uh, i can't listen to megadeth uh peace cells or at least the conjuring the same because there's that line like i called your father years ago i gave him what he craved he called my name take it easy dave you do, you'll do the same. <laughs> it, it, you would always put these just lines like, Morbid angel of thy kingdom come, 
you know, they would do those specific chords that only Morbid Angel does, that any guitar player would know what I'm talking about. But the Morbid Angel riff, they're like, that's the elk riff. <laughs> or like desultory, like this is the B riff. Like if it's palm muted, like, like, fuck, do you see those Bs, dude? Like you would sit there and act it out. And it's like, you just be sitting there laughing, like, man, this fucking record rules. <laughs> and then you're like, man, then you go to the store and you'd spot that record, like, fuck, man, I need, I, I need to buy that. And then you buy, like, it's not that good. <laughs> or like, like I mean, it's, it's good, but it wasn't as good as I remember when we were jamming. <laughs> like, where's the, the elk riff? <laughs> and, and fucking Devil Dog, dude, that was totally like that. I put that thing on. I fell asleep. I haven't looked back since. I was bored out of my goddamn mind. <laughs> that was Jim's number one, huh? Well, he loved Devil Dog, but then he loved the car. And he would always tell me, he's like, dude, I want a car t-shirt because the tagline's the best. The car, <laughs> what evil drives. <laughs> and it's literally about a black car that you'll never see, you don't see the driver of, that like chases people down the desert and just runs them off the road and shit. It, it's a really bad movie. <laughs> but those, <laughs> he fucking loved those movies, man. Yeah. So there you go. If you want some Halloween recommendations, check out how bad Devil Dog is. Or well, the I, car. I th- you know, I think it's it's safe to say it's a must, man. Now everybody has to watch the Devil Dog and the fucking car. <laughs> the ca- it's, it's not the also, fucking car; also, it's the car. The car. It's, <laughs> it's the tribute to Jim, man. Jim was obviously the showsman, you know, and definitely had his ideals of things like you got to check this out. Had really no like forgiveness if you thought it was stupid or whatever the fuck. He just owned it. And yeah. then one of the biggest things anyone would know is that he owned those red pants <laughs> those fucking red pants I, man well, they got one. more and more embarrassing as time went on because goddamn, if red well, pants weren't bad enough i mean th- i didn't care because there was jim you know when it was pants yeah, you weren't in a band with them <laughs> <laughs> yeah because dude it would, it would do it there's nothing wrong with red pants there's nothing wrong with red pants well let me tell you what's wrong with red pants all right <laughs> the so tail. match well, no, the- oh, 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 no no spoilers yet so first and foremost i remember the day he's like dude well he wouldn't call me dude so craig i got i forgot what it was for i want to say it was like something as simple as like the local horror convention so yeah, so I got my red pants back from the tailor. You always heard about the tailor. This fucking tailor. <laughs> you, like, he always would preach how cool the denim jacket was, but you would never see Jim's denim jacket until like the later years because it was always at the tailor. Like, <laughs> goddamn, man, that thing like been at the tailor for years. Like, that motherfucker's like constructing a new, like yeah. the ultimate the vest ever. And he and finally you know, got it back. Speaking of vests, because Jim and I, we had to talk about it once. And because he always like, he, I think he approached me once. And he's like, dude, what, you know, you, you got your laser jacket, man. You need a vest, man. Do you have a vest? Why don't you wear a vest? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, I'd wear one. I mean, why not? You know, it's like, I know exactly what I want on the back of it, you know? And what did you I, want on the back I, of it? I, the the Athro Riders of Doom, fucking big patch, you know? Okay. And I was telling him, because he, he, that's not really a patch that you see a lot. You no, know? no. I mean, I don't even think one It's exists. an amazing record, if you ask me. Yeah, but but I mean I, I haven't seen those back patches a lot, and I mean I, I think it was quite of a challenge. But Jim's like, yeah, man, I'll find you one. I'll find you one, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we never got to it, so I almost need to build one now with that patch on, man. Yeah, there you, you know? go. He he'd be proud of you. Oh, uh, I'm sure. So anyway, you always heard about the tailor, and finally, dude, I got back from the tailor my new red pants, and on it it on the front it says kill. 
And on the back, on the ass, it says God. <laughs> or no, I think it was just on the ass. It's like, kill but, God. And it's like, why must you exploit the little girl sweatpants that say like juicy or something on the ass? It's for a grown man to have kill God on his red pants of all pants, of any pants. Kill God. Like, <laughs> and he's like, and then it's got, it's, it's sweet, man. It's got little invert. It's got inverted crosses then on the, the legs. Like he was so excited about them. And then it's funny because. On Facebook, someone started that memorial thing, and I don't remember who posted the pictures, but, like, it was pictures of, and I'm in them, and I was like, holy shit, like, those are photos documenting the the reveal of the Kill God red pants that he was so excited about. So, here you got a grown man that's wearing the Kill God red pants. And, you know, that that's whatever. It's laugh off, you know. Yeah, that's that's our drummer, you know. Did, and it's still fine for me until he added the tail. Well, exactly. <laughs> fucking exactly. So, yeah. So then, dude, the red pants have so many great stories, though, and I'll get into them. But let's just talk about the... Yeah, what yeah. did the... the, the so tell me about on. the tail, man, because I... I don't know. I don't know. He just showed up with a tail one time. <laughs> Actually, no. I was so... Actually, the tales of the later years. So, okay, so what the fuck tale? What are you talking about? I had quit Nunslaughter, but then I still, we, we had like. It wasn't because of the tale, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> One would think. <laughs> no, no, the tale was before. Um, no, the tale was after. Um, uh-huh. I had quit Nunslaughter. You know, there's a lot of reasons, but uh, I mostly just burn out. And, uh, you know, I, we still had a show, like a fest in uh, Bergen, Norway, and, you know, I'm not the type of guy to kind of leave people half uh, high and dry, and we were obligated to do the show, and, well, who the fuck would want not still want to do that, you know? So it's like, you know, hey, I quit, and, but, you know, I know we got that show many months away. I mean, it was like fucking mm-hmm. nine months away, and I was like, I'll still do it. So you and, did the uh, show? Yeah, yeah, we still did the show. And um, I don't know if it was then. I don't know quite when it was, but then they did several tours where then uh, when I came back and helped them out do – well, I definitely helped them, like, do Columbia. And I don't – I helped them do a few things. Um, and that was when I heard about the tale before then. And I remember thinking, like, oh, go, thank God I'm not in that band anymore. <laughs> you know, to be far from this guy with a fucking – because it, yeah. it was a red devil tail attached to the fucking pants. And I'm not <laughs> sure – you know, the, the Halloween, like, little spear on the – like, the spearish kind of – Tail, <laughs> devil tail. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it had like something metal in there to keep it stiff. Tail. I'm a grown man walking is, around with who fucking did tail. This and how did he fucking got it? Who put mm. it on? Was it tailored also as the vest? Who knows? <laughs> I, I don't know the story about the tailor. I, 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 I wasn't interested <laughs> at the time. I didn't know I'd be paying tribute to the guy and missing but, him where I'd want to know about the tailor. But, tale. you know, anyway. But at like, the time, I was so embarrassed. You, so, so you were talking about this Norway show. And the one thing, you know, that I really thought that was amazing that Nonslaughter did is you guys fucking ended up touring so many different places. You were in so many different countries. And mm-hmm. it, was, it seemed like every year there was something going on, you know? Like, yeah, for a while. You, were, yeah. you and I were still in CM when you did that first Japanese tour. With them, right? Well, I was always in CM, but <laughs> crucify mortals. I said you and I. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um, but, but I mean, well, yeah, that was the, the first, that was the first the, time on the, the road. The first tour you did on the road was Japan, wasn't it? Right. Uh, like literally, and with Nonstar, yeah. Yes, and then then what was next? There was so many more. Uh, um, uh, Europe, I believe. So you guys did uh, Poland too with me on it, right? No, that was the second time we went to Europe. Okay, so you guys didn't do Poland the first time. So, well, actually, I, techni- to be to be technical, uh, Scandinavia, mm-hmm. and then okay, uh, with Zach, and then right? we did it. Yeah, yeah. I Zach, remember. That. I got Zach. Well, I mean, honestly, 
hey Zach, <laughs> I, I said I, I got him rolling on a lot of his uh, musical endeavors. <laughs> yeah. Crucify Mortals obviously being the first, and then I was in Nunslaughter first, and was like, hey, we need a we need we need a guitar player because we did that show in Philadelphia. Right. Crucify Mortals was supposed to play that first. Well, yeah. And you then know, let's talk, you know what? Let's take a moment here to talk about that show because I actually I wanted there's some funny shit that came along with that show. Okay. Now it what wasn't even like a show; it was a block party. Right? Yeah, in the ghetto. In a ghetto. Where? Which that could be anywhere in Philly. How many bands? <laughs> how many bands in the build? They had two stages going. One was outside. Stages. How nice of you. Yeah. Well, I don't count a sidewalk play, as a stage. Play areas. Play areas. Yeah. There you go. And, play uh, areas. One was outside, right in front. You know how the fucking houses are too, and. Yeah, Philly. they're like very like. It's like you're walking down a street and there's a set of steps and you're walking into yeah. somebody's house. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. So that was the same scenario. Oh, God, dude. So many great things happened that day, though. Yeah. I mean, it was a total bust of a show. None saw it. Like, Crucify Mortals was well, to play we the show the first. We were well, Crucify Mortals was. Mm-hmm. And then, and then None Slaughter got in the bill, weaseled their way. So None Slaughter <laughs> was earlier in the day because. Uh, Don, Jim, whoever was like, well, I want to play on the sidewalk in the street. I don't know why the fuck I didn't say, well, fuck that. We were the ones that were at it first. We're playing on the sidewalk, goddammit, instead of in the house later in the day when all the punks are drunk and not giving a fuck. Because they don't give a fuck it, when it was, they're it sober. It was in a basement, yeah. Right. And, and we ended up, well, we, the moral, the, we ended up not playing. Crucified Morals right, ended up right. not playing. We, Nunslaughter we... Play, so Nunslaughter played on the street. So, God, dude, I have something great. So, first, the gym story. So, we're playing. We're playing on the street. And uh, Don brought, like, he got, like, pig heads <laughs> right, right. from well, a butcher. And, like, that... they're in buckets. Well, and there's blood the and shit. Remember, we drove my van. It was my We drove your van. van. Yeah. And everybody was in it. I, was there a couch in there or something, maybe? That, was that, <laughs> did we have that couch yet or not, man? Remember? Well, the couch was Don's. Nunslaughter. He had a van that he put a couch in. Well, and then we were taking your – we got rid of the van, I think. And you had a van because you actually had a van for right. work. But it was like one of those utility vans that was caged in. Yes. So then we put it the cage in the van. back. We put the, the couch, couch in the back yeah. behind the cage. And it was September. And I remember distinctively saying, Sebastian, make sure you put more Freon in your air conditioning because it's going to be really hot driving out there. And you're like, hey, dude, it's September. It ain't going to be that hot. And I remember Jim going like – do you know how hot it is in the United States of America in September? It's going to be hot, dude. <laughs> and sure enough, Sebastian didn't put Freon. And what was it? 90 fucking degrees. And we were sweating no, our dicks no, off. No, no, dude. It's not the Freon thing, okay? Because the, the, the van had the... Whatever the fuck. It wasn't <laughs> working. Let me tell you what Craig it is. Craig was sweating Here, Here's what off. it is Reaper. in a fucking cargo van. When you sit up front and you got the air on, you know... I told you to take down the goddamn cage. <laughs> the and beer. you didn't. <laughs> the people in the front... Right. The people in the front are freezing their dick off. <laughs> So what they do is they turn off the AC so everyone in the back is sweating the fuck. And I told you, I was like, Sebastian, and was, and take, that fuck, take that goddamn cage down so we could feel the air. It was, and you didn't do shit. It was, it was the same way with the heat, too, man. I wonder like, why CM didn't like do that many tours. Everybody else in the back of the van was fucking dying oh. from being cold. And cold? Were, they were and, sweating their dick off. That was in December when you didn't, when you didn't fucking. That was the introduction. Was when we went down to Cincinnati, which is a five-hour drive. So anyway, I fucking I remember specifically (laughs) Don. I remember specifically Don bringing on those two two fucking trash bags in the back of the van. No, they were they were buckets. They were plastic buckets, and they were in trash bags. In trash bags. 
Okay, maybe. All right, back. whatever. So, and so he I, chopped I, that. I never, I never asked. I mean, I'm, I thought, okay, maybe it's some shit, you know, some props for the band and shit. You know? Yeah. But I, I didn't specifically ask what it was. So, you know, then Nunslaughter goes on. And He's cho- he chopped <laughs> at the bucket and, like, <laughs> saw the blood, like, it, like, shot out. And, you know, people are going ape shit with these fucking pig's heads. Yeah, like, it was more two pig's heads that, you know, real deal pig's heads that were decapitated. Yeah. And, and well, they were, they were left over from a butcher. Next thing you know, people are fucking rubbing their faces with a. Yeah. It was, doing oh, things it with was, pig's heads you shouldn't be doing. It was fucking out of hand. It was out of hand, but it was fucking hilarious because I remember um, some like vegan girl or something was there, and she started yelling at Jim. You and he's like, "I will not be yelled at you." <laughs> the drum site we was using, like, it got soaked in blood. I yeah. mean, it was fucked, and and you know, and you and but he was a nice guy, cool about it, totally clean. It was blood, the band Blood Wolf. You would have thought that shit that what they would want, like fuck yeah, it's soaked in blood, but they weren't wanting that. I think now they're would be cool. They're laughing about it, but uh, you know, he cleaned it up and shit, and he was he, hell. He probably offered to buy him a whole new fucking drum set, knowing Jim. But yeah, but that that whole show, man, that black party was a whole new experience, and that's another another time that I really got a chance to spend you know some time with Jim on the road in the van. Well, I think you drove back. And I think that's the the story where, you know, he liked yeah. to really, like, bring up how just, dude, you are amazing. Like, whenever we – that would be the rule of thumb. Like, if Sebastian is going to be there or if you could get Sebastian to be on the road. Because I was even, like, trying to get you to be at Nunslaughter shows. Mm-hmm. So I could be like, well, I'll see you guys there because I'm going to ride with Sebastian. Because, dude, you do, like, 100 miles an hour on the road. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm going with Sebastian, dude. He's got a police scanner. He doesn't give a fuck. That, that's the guy to go with. Like, I, I'm very antsy when I'm in the car. So, I like, know, fuck, I you know? know. No, we did, yeah, we did. So some... I remember Jim, he was like, we did some crazy runs, but you know it's like when you when you fucking drive out to Indiana, do a show, and you're all exhausted and tired, and then you fucking and, and then you drive back. The best excuse ever. And then yes. you dri- and then you drive back, and everybody else is passed out, sleeping, and you're the only one that has to stay up because you're driving. You just don't give a fuck. You, you didn't know? either. That's, that's the greatest why, thing. And that's why I drove 140 an hour, and we, we were home in two, Holy three hours. Holy shit! I didn't you know? know you were going that fast. But the fucking great thing was, so Jim, t- as Jim would tell the stories like you know I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in the back of this van on a couch i'm looking out the window i see construction barrels just <laughs> <laughs> and he's like i look at i look to don well i'll see you on the other side <laughs> yeah dude we left the club probably at a 2 a.m around 2 a.m by 5 a.m we were in cleveland you know i bet Philadelphia's an eight-hour drive <laughs> it, no that was that was indiana. you're talking about indiana yeah no Brass chicago Trail. I don't know. How, you, you did it all the time. That's why you were the guy that. That's why you were the designated driver. I just don't have the fucking patience. I, and I didn't either. But I didn't want to be the guy doing a buck forty. But the best thing is, so after we make it back, it's just just classic Sebastian. Like, what time is it? <laughs> it's five a.m. Five a.m. Dude, we left there at like two. It's a six-hour drive. Well, I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's me. That's me. Oh, dude. You once I heard that excuse, I was like, "That's the designated driver." There's no ifs, ands, or buts. That guy is driving me everywhere I go. I don't give a <laughs> shit. It's worth dying for. Because <laughs> he will get me to my death and quicker. Jim, Jim was the one to notice that too, huh? Yeah. See oh, on the other side, dude. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Unfortunately, with things when obviously when someone leaves this world. Uh, unexpectedly there's things that are done on uh, are left unfinished and uh one of the things left unfinished was a uh, spawn of satan there was a recording with spawn of satan that uh more notably for me and then you'll obviously be able to relate to it was uh it's a recording that i recorded based on seven years ago it was an old spawn of satan session that jim had had going on that was actually uh started when the blood sick split those tracks were recorded, so the the music, the, the guitars and the drums were done. And then seven years after that, he came to me and was like, hey, will you play bass on this? So then I played bass on it, and then it was intended to be a split with Crucify Mortals. And, uh, you know, it, it took a, while, a long time. All we had to wait for was vocals, and Jim was kind of dropping the ball on it or just taking a while. And, you know, I, I would ask every once in a while, and finally one time he's like, well, dude, if you know, if you're ever... If you're getting impatient with me, I understand you can find a band. And I was like, ah, no, dude, I'll wait, I'll wait. So then finally it was like, you know, the fifth time asking. He said, well, you can find another band. So I did find another band, Faith Extractor, Ash Thomas. Hey, Ash. And he ripped out the shit, and we ended up doing the split with him. And I remember breaking the news to Jim like, well, yeah, so I, I ended up finding another you know band. Yeah, I remember that. I, remember I ended that. up finding another band. Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going in next week to do the vocals. Oh, I mean, sorry, man. You told me if, uh, you know, if I ever got impatient, go find another band. No, no, no. It's, it's cool. I mean, the world's waiting, so you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> and then, so, contrary to that, that was seven years ago. So, and what, was, uh, what was missing on that recording? Vocals. Vocals. So, that was seven years ago, and it's like, well, the world's waiting, and I'm, I'm going in next week to start doing the vocals. Well, seven years ago. That's what he said, and uh, well, then obviously before he passed, uh, he did do the vocals, and luckily so. And uh, unfortunately, though, the recording was left uh, unmixed. It was kind of already in the mix. Jim Murray did his vocals, luckily. Um, so honestly, this is uh, Jim's last vocal performance. It was the Spawn of Satan, and I've already gotten in touch with the studio and stuff. So uh, this is coming out, right? Yeah, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up the mix, make sure it happens. It was gonna be the Crucify Mortal split, and in fact, I mean, we never did bail on the split to do a Crucify Mortal split with Spawn of Satan, but obviously, um, you know, yeah. in, unfortunate circumstances made that out to not happen. But this was uh, gonna be a split with uh, Insanity, as uh, Jim was always really excited about. So I wanted to see to it that that happens. You know, plus I play bass on it and have all that good attachment to it, and. Here's a little sneak peek of it. It's not it's not finished, but it's pretty damn close to it. So here's Spawn of Satan with a sempiternal doom. When evil comes to light, when the 
That was Abysmal Grief with Sam Hain Feast. I mean, a lot of people go to a pretty obvious choice when they make their Halloween playlist, but I always thought Abysmal Grief was one of those bands that, you know, they definitely fall at doom. Well, they're definitely doom. And they definitely do like keyboards and stuff that would be, I guess, otherwise psychedelic. But uh, you know, I, I figure they're they're definitely underrated, they're definitely overlooked, and it's, I always thought that, that would be a perfect band for a uh, Halloween playlist. So there you go, Sam Hain Feast, I guess, uh, feast up and you know celebrate <laughs> as yeah. we move on with our the hellcast halloween episode as we right. kind of hint on halloween things and obviously pay tribute to our fallen friend um you know jim kanya jim sadis jim lasagna malcolm anthony jim satanic and whatever other jim shorts whatever the fuck <laughs> is, other alias you know it's a, it's a somber thing but it's also kind of nice to really talk right. about too and laugh yeah and then uh us most of you know and you probably do uh is it November 19th is where uh, he's, his parents are supposed to be receiving the key to the city of Parma, right? Well, Jim, okay, so Jim was from Parma, Ohio, which is yeah. a suburb <clears throat> which is a suburb of Cleveland, the big city that we are located in. Yeah. Since you seem to be a little more familiar what what exactly it is, so what's happening uh, and what is it exactly? Well, I guess there was a petition that was started for him, you mm-hmm. know, um, by some people. In reference to, you know, like Jim Bain, such a big, huge part of Parma mm-hmm. and everybody knowing him. Uh, a petition was filled with with uh, the mayor of Parma, and I think it was enough people that <coughs> filled it out that it caught his interest. And Jim, in fact, will be granted, his parents will be granted the key to the city of Parma. And it, there's a whole ceremony that's going to be going on at... Uh, the Parma Library on Snow Road. So what exactly does that mean to be presented a key to the city? Do you know? Uh, it's like an honor. Okay. You know, like 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 the utmost honor for a person being from that city, so okay. to speak, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, you kind of always did, like, you and know, it, praise you, it. You know, it, it goes yeah. for people that are significantly involved with, you know, being a part of the city, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Jim was, I'm sure, you know. I mean, he was, the way you look at it. You know, it was always Schnauzer Parma or Schnauzer Nation Parma. Well, dude, <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I got I got I got a confession. I mean, I got to say, you know, when I was on the road with the man as much as I was, I kind of got tired <laughs> of the, yeah, as, I, I, as I worded it, let's the go, script. Let's go back to that, like, real, real quick. Go ahead. Because we were talking about places you went to. It was Japan that you first went with Jim. Uh, what else was it? Australia. You did Australia too, right? No, I didn't no, do Australia. You didn't do Australia? No. Um, well, I Japan? mean, I'll just name every country. How's that? Yeah. All right. Uh, we started out in Japan. Uh, and then we went to Germany, Denmark, Poland, Czech Republic, Hungary, Slovenia, Slovakia. Italy, France, United Kingdom, Eng- just particular England, Netherlands, Belgium. Yeah, pretty much all European Belgium. countries, right? Um, um, did you guys do any South America or not? Colombia. Colombia. You did the show in Colombia. Yeah, and then we toured um, Canada as well. Right. Yeah, I don't know if that's good enough for people, no, but that's what I we mean, did. That's, you know, that's, oh, wait, I'm on uh, Norway, Finland, Sweden. No. Philippines? I Indonesia? did not. They didn't go to either of those countries, but they did do a uh, Asian tour. But uh, it, I don't think they, I don't think, I think it was like 
Malaysia, Singapore, right. You weren't on that tour? No, that was after I quit. Zach was, though, right? Yeah. Right, right. Zach, who's necrofilth and did uh, Crucify Mortals as well. I think that's everything. Well, that's, you know, but that's just incredible to me, you know? I had pleasure of being in Poland with Jim, the one. Did I say Poland? Time. I said yeah, Poland. Yeah, you did say Poland. But was it twice or was it once? Just once. Just one gig the in Poland. The one gig that CM also played. Crucify Morals yeah. also played the show. What What is the city? Poznań. Poznań. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it was Don Slaughter, Seth and us. us. Yeah, and uh, that was the second. Bands, so that was right? the second time it went. Yeah. Um, yeah. The metal world, especially this year, and unfortunately most recently, has lost a lot of people. You know, Frank Watkins from uh, right. Obituary and Gorgoroth, and I, I, I don't know what else he yeah, did. Yeah, well, <clears> and, and you know, it's like October seems to be like the really shitty month for, for this to happen. Uh, totally a shitty month to happen because it's a great month. For me, October is the month of life because I was born on October mm-hmm. 28th. I've never lost someone as close as Jim was. Unfortunately, within, I would say, and at this point, it's kind of fucked up to even say this, the last two years of his life, that just doesn't ring right to me. But the last two years of Jim's life were really the years that I, I think I had a falling out. Mind you, you know, I was in a band with him. We went all over the world, as you heard, clearly. You know, you definitely get to know someone when you're in a car with them like that. Or, you know, people don't really give a shit about someone's legacy and what they've done until they've they're they're dead. You know, unfortunately, Jim's no exception to the rule. You know, I mean, a lot of people legitimately knew him and were spilling their hearts out and were sympathetic and, you know, were mourning the fact that he was gone, but. You know, a lot of them, too, I think, unrightfully so, are kind of like chiming with stories where, honestly, as a guy that knows Jim, and I don't want to be like the bearer of bad news, I could see some of these stories being told, and I can fucking hear Jim right now. I'm like, that's fucking stupid, man. Guy doesn't even know me, and he's fucking sitting there saying, like, how much he did know me, paying right. tribute, telling me these stories. Well, and it's like, you know, I've heard so many, like, people spilling their heart out, like, oh, my God. You know, it's such a miss, and yeah, I wish I did this. And it's like, well, you know, he'd be the first to point out, too. Like, where the fuck were you then where I was alive? Like, I could just hear, I hear dead Jim in the corner, you know, sitting there pointing this out. Like, well, who's this well, fucking jackass? Well, it's like, why did it take him to die for you to fucking start to start paying attention? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no one, but, and that's the thing. So, like, I have that personally invested where I do know the guy. Dude, it, it was even more personal. Where Jim, I, Jim had the bullshit detector on 24-7. He did. He fucking did he, yeah. uh, and that was the best thing I liked about it. Yeah. Fuck. In fact, it probably made me the witty person I am today. To be like, yeah, you're right. You're right. That guy doesn't fucking know. You know, I mean, me and him were at some show, man, and some fat chick came up to us, and she <laughs> she, she was talking about how she's got a how she, she she's a metal DJ or something, or she was passing out flyers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> were you there? No, I love the story though. Uh, I've heard the, it. The Jim fucking destroyed her instantly because. He, you know, he had that razor fucking patch on his jacket, and he goes, "You spin metal. You're a metal DJ, right? Who is this man? Where's this band from?" Point the razor. Point the razor, and she's like, "Oh, I don't know, Sweden." 
And Jim, they're like, they're from fucking Canada. <laughs> yeah. You know? well, dude, I, I mean. She, as soon as she walked away, Jim's like, yeah, she, she don't know metal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no one more obsessed with Razor either, dude. Where are we going to do this ultimate funniest thing that Jim ever said ever, right? Yeah, let's, well, yeah, let's, go, on, let's go on a more funny note. Like, um, let, let's say, all right. you know, we both have that the number one one. Uh, man, there's a lot memory of, of Jim. Okay, so I would say that so Nunslaughter played a gig in Toronto. Sorry guys, but I'm gonna put you under the bus. So the <laughs> band Demontage was playing and they got a blind drummer. I didn't I didn't know that at the time. So we're we're standing outside and somehow that information's devolved and you can you can hear the band from outside the club. We're standing outside in the street. Jim's standing against the wall talking to fans or whatever the hell. And somehow I, I just got the news that this drummer's blind. I was like, hey, Jim, did you know this drummer's blind? He's like, oh, really? I would have thought he was deaf. (laughs) (laughs) It was was that bad. I don't know. Apparently to him. (laughs) No, dude. For for me, it's uh, it's Jim. I think he came over one time because me and him, you know, we had a couple meetings here, too, where uh, if it wasn't a bad practice, he'd come in and we'd just uh, exchange drum ideas he was actually showing me, me his quads yeah when stuff. he filled in for cm yeah we actually had a quad clinic that, that he yeah also, i mean yeah. i was like dude you gotta teach sebastian how to do fucking quads and triplets because yeah speaking of that jim was always like his quadding was out of this world he was always all about it yeah so so yeah but uh the, the one time he comes over we're talking about hair you know because he asked me about why did i cut my hair and stuff and <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, and, and you know, it gets to the point where we're, we're talking about losing hair, and Jim's like, "Well, you know, a metalhead that loses his hair." <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this story. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, a metalhead that loses his hair is like a porn star that loses his cock. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, Dude, yeah, he was upset and, about that shit because, like, when I did that Columbia tour, like. It was a bust, man. Like two of the show, where it was a four-show tour. Two of the shows got canceled, and we were sitting in the middle of nowhere, like at this, like as the the promoter. Sorry, dude, if you're listening, but he's not. Um, it was like, yeah, we're going to this nice resort. You know, me, I took my wife there on our honeymoon, and it's got games. Fuck, there's a pool with a water slide and a jacuzzi, and like, and all that stuff was there. But he failed to mention that the jacuzzi was freezing cold, that the water slide didn't uh, work, and the the foosball table had a freaking you know fo- a two inch uh, warp in it so your little kicker guys couldn't reach the ball as it went <laughs> down that warp it was very third world country like sorry third world country people yeah. but that's how it is but so anyway what? he was there and uh he's talking about losing his hair i'm like jim who cares like just cut it off you know like i'm looking forward to be- I, I i i i meant it i was like man, i'm still mean it i'm looking forward to going bald he's like it just shouldn't be, Craig. You should not be going bald. It's like, but you're going to go bald, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's like, it, 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 it's unacceptable. <laughs> it's like, he was really wrapped up on that. So, like, yeah. I, I really, I like, wow, man, that, that is like the porn star losing this cock. <laughs> <laughs> As you put it. And meanwhile, I'm like, fuck, I want to lose my hair. You know, I'm sick of this shit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I just, you know, I just thought it was funny. Basically, we were torn with Sathiness, and there was always the golden rule. If Zach's listening, he's probably laughing his ass off. For whatever reason, I, I've actually kind of long since forgot why no one would want to stay in a hotel room with Jim. 
but normally it was split up like two guys in one room two guys in another room you got two you got two rooms as the band well in this scenario it wasn't two room it, well it was two rooms but it was a room with a bunk bed and then a pretty much a hostel side, kind of room and for people that don't know what the fuck a hostel is it's basically where you're staying with people you don't know you know and, and it's cheap yeah uh so uh there was a room of like 10 people and that's where the Sathanist guys were and the later half of Nunslaughter. And I got my way that evening. I pushed, I was like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to stay up and party. I'm, I'm not, I'm not that type. I, I want to go to bed. You know, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that wants to find his fucking bed after a gig, go to sleep. And uh, I get a shower, get a good night's sleep. Jim's pissed off. Fucking, you know, then the morning comes, we walk up to that room. Those guys were up party. It really wasn't much more than just drinking in a hotel room and staying up late. And, uh, you know, you, you looked at Jim, man. You just saw him at first glance. That guy was tired as a motherfucker. You knew he was up all night. And so I was like, Oof, I'm going to go back to the room. I don't want to talk to him. I can tell he's pissed. So Don's there. He's like, Craig, check this out. Here's our bunk bed. I slept on the top. He slept on the bottom. And underneath the bottom slides out a cot. <laughs> Jim could have slept there. He's like, don't tell Jim. <laughs> and I just fucking immediately started laughing. I was like, ah, lips are sealed. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the red pants, too. That was a very significant night, whether it be the cot and that was uh, the red pants. Because he's Don's sitting there at the mirror. I, just, I remember like it was yesterday. He's sitting there at the mirror brushing his teeth. Great, great. Uh, Jim tore his pants. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? His red pants. He tore them. Like, like, just, what do you mean? Like a tear? Like a small? No, no, no. A very, 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 very minute, small hole in his red pants. I was like, oh, well. He's like, dude, you would have thought someone stole his luggage and murdered his kid. He is fucking pissed. <laughs> and honestly, dude, the next day, we see him, and not only was, well, because he was probably tired too, because he didn't have a fucking cot to sleep on. <laughs> but dude, he kept looking like. Not only was the whole fucking tour, he would have that because the, the 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 vest finally arrived from the tailor that we like. We were beginning. I remember it was Zach actually. I think it was his girlfriend. Um, she's like, I, I don't think that this tailor exists. I just don't think that Jim has a jacket. <laughs> but no, he did, and the tailor had it. So finally, the the vest was busted out from the tailor. And anytime he would be on tour, man, like he, there was this cage in the van, and he would hang it. And like when we would get out, go for a piss break at a, at a fucking gas station, he would immediately be the first person back in the back seat, even though it was like the first, you know, when, in a van, how there's, there's that big, that, that, that booth kind of seat where you got to slide in. Well, his was right by the door. So it was essentially the first thing you would see, and he would get in there and block the entry and make sure that his vest was untouched. I, I shit you not. Very adamant about his goddamn vest. So can you, you can imagine how he felt about his red pants when they got all slight tearing him and dude he was he was silent absolutely silent no fucking gym script you did not hear about the tumbleweeds at the cleveland airport you didn't hear shit he was fucking silent and pissed that his fucking pants got a tear in him and i think it was his kill god pants <laughs> but that was with, before the tail with, with, oh, before that the was tail. before the tail no no tail yeah. at that time the, the funny thing is is that you can pay homage to a guy and also stick with the halloween aspect of a show and what better way to listen to yeah. one of the one of the records that i really felt that jim felt 
dear to his heart, and that was the band From the Depths, who I also think he went under the moniker of uh, Malcolm Anthony. Uh, but I did see some rare photos like of him in the leaves. And I think I thought that was for uh, All That Is Evil, but I think it was actually really for From the Deaths. So here's a track from From the Deaths. Um, the first album that they ever did, and uh, Hell's Headbangers is actually going to reissue it. Uh, well, actually not even reissue. Put it out for the first time on LP. From the Deaths, simply their t- self-titled album. And that's in the works, so it's months away from happening. But here's a track from From the Deaths. This is uh, Curse of the Scarecrow.
was Iron Cross with Halloween. Good, great song, great band. Uh, glad to have it. So you can pick that up at Hell's Head Bangers. Follow the playlist just like any other time on Hellcast. The playlist is linked to anything that is played on the show. It's where you can pick that up. The great thing about Halloween is the Halloween stores. And for me, there's no better way to get props for a stage performance than to go to Halloween stores. Spirit Halloween. Well, if we're going to go down a memory lane with uh, Jim and all, he's the guy that got me going on freaking Halloween stores. Uh I remember so many times me and him cruising up to Halloween stores. He took me to uh, Palmertown Mall, which, uh, you know, is a mall, obviously, in the local Cleveland area. And there was, I don't even think it was one of those mainstream uh, Halloween stores that come around year-round, rather than it was just a cool Halloween store. Um, you know, for me, at, to- at the time, I was a pig in shit. Like, fuck yeah, you know, they got Reapers and crap. Um, and then, more notably, along the lines, I started to look for stage props for Crucify Mortal stage show. Like, I wanted to do more stuff. I don't think I had the uh, participation from every member, though. (laughs) (laughs) Particularly the drummer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, but the cool thing is, man, I mean, I got so many cool things that I used for our, the Halloween, or for the Crucified Mortals stage show. I mean, I got the, there was this guy with a head on a stick. There's a picture of me holding my bass, and I got a fucking dude with his head on a stick. I thought that was great for the song no, Converted Body Capitation. You had some cool props. You had some cool props. No yeah, doubt. yeah. And then uh, there was the Bastion head. The cool thing about that, man, is I, well, the first show, like, the side of the guy, the, the fake head was uh, bashed in. And so I filled it with blood. And at the first show, and then I ended up doing a few other shows, I dumped it on my face. And the blood got in my eye. And I was like, ah, shit. Like, it was burning the fuck out of my eyes. Totally got that damn thing from a Halloween store. After putting all the blood and stuff in it, like, the first time I tried to clean it. And the thing's like, I don't know, rubber or something. Try to clean it with water. I don't think it had the water. I don't think it was the water that did this. But somehow, with the fake blood and water involved, the thing started like dry rot and mold. So then, when the converted body decapitation LP came out, it had this decapitated head with it. Okay. And it was actually literally a scan of that prop that had the mold and shit on it. So it's pretty cool because it's like that's exactly how it looks. You know, so you got essentially this piece of shit prop that I got that's just started molding on me and we, we scanned it to use that shaped insert for the LP. So it was really cool, you know, and thanks to fucking getting cool shit at, uh, Halloween stores, man, you know, you got You don't underestimate the power of getting stage props and a cool fucking stage presence as a band from your ho- local Halloween store, that's especially right. this time of year. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, and I also, and it's like, it's, it gets better every year, man. Honestly, you think? I think it gets shittier. I don't Dude, know it's not like when yeah, when me and Jim used to go to the damn stores. They were awesome. I'm talking about the stuff that I got there. You know, I got oh, then the gravestones. I remember King Folly making fun of uh, me essentially because uh, I, I had like this one of those styrofoam gravestones that you would get at a Halloween store that you just put in your yard. They're just those three dollars pieces of shit. And I ordered it online. Dude, the damn thing was like $15. <laughs> it's like, fuck yeah, I'm getting this badass gravestone. We're going to have a really cool sage presence. And I get the goddamn thing in, and it was like two feet tall. It's like, oh, man, what presence is this going to be? You can't even <laughs> see this goddamn thing. 
and it fucking falls over with a fucking <laughs> and so I was like I was so pissed off about this thing so when we played this show well we play, I brought it I must have brought it back because the first time I, we played a show in New York and then we played a show in Cleveland with October 31 and uh, I left it on the stage because I was so pissed off that I brought this piece of shit styrofoam fucking co- uh, headstone so I left it on there and I remember when October 31 was playing King is in the middle rocking a solo, you know, and just being the crazy guy that he is. He looks to the side of the stage to just, like, grab something and just, you know, make a clown of himself. And he looks over and he sees this fucking shitty-ass styrofoam headstone that some asshole miraculously just left up there. And he picks it up and he he puts it up and he spots someone in the audience that he knows. And, like, they just looks at him and he just starts laughing and holding this headstone that was mine that I left up there. And, like, and th- this total laughing face of, like, look at this shitty fucking headstone. Like, oh, god damn it. Even King knows it fucking sucks. <laughs> this goddamn headstone. Our, show, our state show is not cool at all. This fucking thing sucks. God damn it, I got ripped off. You fucking Spirit Halloween. So that's the reason why you don't go to Spirit Halloween. And, dude, you remember the fucking famous... Uh, dude on a crucifix anyone that owns the crucified mortals lp actually on the back of the cd that crucified dude like that ryan way skeleton mm-hmm. i bought that thing on ebay man i was like fuck i saw that and i was like, holy shit it was 120 dollars. and i remember i was working my second shift job at the time and the auction was going to be over and like two hours and i'm like fuck i'll still be at work so i sneaked my way into a computer so i can put in my last ebay bid because i was damned if i was gonna lose this fucking thing this is a namesake for my band god damn it crucify mortals this is a fucking skeleton on a cross how better way to portray this fucking you know namesake of the band so i put in my goddamn bid and i won and i was like fuck yeah i can't wait to bring down that to practice i can't wait to bring this goddamn crucified mortal i mean it was a crucified mortal for christ's sake so i brought it down to practice like so excited and you were the least bit of excited ever (laughs) so how the fuck are you excited about this goddamn thing it really looks like a a skeleton on a cross from a distance how are you not excited about that i gotta fucking know goddamn it how are you not excited about that i I guess i expected more what expected (laughs) you were the man about the props uh, like 15 minutes ago you're like i'm all about halloween props it's like i i'm i don't want to discuss this right now i can't wait until the (laughs) microphone are running because i would really like to know how the fuck you're about the props let's get back to jim man no let's get back to jim let's explain this story real quick (laughs) (laughs) it was because of jim that i wanted to do this cool stage show i was spilling my heart about how we went to halloween stores together and he was the guy that got me to go like that would be a fucking cool idea to start putting the theatrics as a band you know and you guys have never helped me with it it was great i bought that fucking thing that goddamn thing you had to put the hand on you had to put the femur on i mean it was like a anatomy class at high school learn about the human body you're like fuck i gotta get my femur i gotta get my i don't even know bone you know all these bones that i don't even know anything about and you gotta put that fucking thing on there and connect this thing piece for piece and all of a sudden one day when i guess i got a little drunk you got you loaded up the damn skeleton on the cross and you lost the fucking hand I've been forever pissed off. I'm like, God damn it. Every I, year I set that son of a bitch up for Halloween. At least where the fucking hand? Sebastian lost it. I don't even it. remember it. You don't, of course you don't remember it. You guys didn't give a flying fuck about that. So what the fuck, man? I paid $120 for this sweet-ass skeleton on a cross. So I stopped using it. 
And I started using it for a Halloween decoration. And it's on the back of the LP. So it's like, cool, I get to use this for an artistic thing. So anytime you look at the back of the self-titled Crucible My Mortals album, or if you take out the CD and you see that little skeleton guy, that's that skeleton I'm talking about. That's Sebastian, I'm going to fucking blame you forever for losing the hand of. That thing was awesome. <laughs> it right, still man. is awesome, but it's missing a limb. How the fuck would you want to be a skeleton missing a limb? Jim doesn't give a fuck. Well, yes, he does. He would have really <laughs> fucking pissed. See, I'm pissed about that like he was his pants, dude. <laughs> I have it to Jim to thank for the year-round uh, Halloween decorations because we would go to those damn stores, man, like it was, like kids and candy stores. As you can see, the love for Halloween props was on the back of that bloodsick Spawn of Satan split. Jim holding that thing yeah. like Predator with the final core and everything. The last drum performance of Jim will be the uh, newest Graveworm album, Doomed to Eternity. And that's the thing, though. I mean, here's our fucking Halloween props, and, you know, there's something as simple as to say, here's someone that you obviously got to do great things with and, yeah. uh, you know, I guess dedicate a show to. So I guess, you know, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't like to be laid to rest without any more dedication of someone recognizing my quirkinesses and cool things like my infatuation with a, a mere Halloween prop and how cool that is to have. <laughs> what better way to say goodbye to a person than to obviously dedicate a show to him? So I dedicate this this Hellcast Halloween special to the memory of Mr. Jim Satanic, Jim Lasagna, Jim Sadist, or as Jim I know. Jim Kanye. Jim Kanye, exactly. I, th I leave it with this. Obviously, keep an eye out for that Spawn of Satan release. Keep an eye out for the new Grave Worm. And anyone, uh, as we talked about earlier in the show, we're going to do, be doing a deal with the devil as we did last Halloween. And we did a little more regular on the show, but uh, shows have been a little bit less frequent these days. But how? what better way to come back with a Halloween episode? And that deal with the devil, we have a choice of, if you win this uh, deal with the devil giveaway, you can you have the choice of either getting a Bone Hunter CD, Cyanide do, uh, Death, Destruction, or Death Doom Destruction CD, a uh, Midnight Shitfucker Split 7-inch, Cemetery Lust, Screams of the Violated CD. You got any one of those choices if you were the winner for this. And we're going to simply do this as a drawing. So Hellset Bangers has been running a uh, fundraiser for uh, Jim's family, and that is the entire Spawn of Satan catalog, uh, to date at least. Uh, available for digital download and it's a by uh, donation purpose only so whatever you want to give to that it all goes as a proceed 100% uh, to Jim's family who I understand have uh, pretty extensive medical bills and I don't understand why it would be left up to the family when the guy itself that accumulated the bills is gone but Apparently that might be those are some of the details. So it's unfortunate that that's you know you got to deal with the grievance of a son and then you got to fucking deal with the headache of a goddamn bill. But as a generous person, obviously gave to many other people. It's definitely cool if you give to someone that was generous once in life, if you care in his death at least. Now to finally fucking be generous, well here's a good way of doing so. If you have donated to the uh, Jim Satis Spawn of Satan donation that Hell's Headbangers is doing, or if you even if you did the uh, GoFundMe account thing, all you got to do is email hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com. Send me a notification of that donation, and that automatically will enter you into the deal with the devil giveaway. And that's, as obviously I said earlier, a choice of one of those releases. Uh, send that to hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com to enter. Five people will be winning the giveaway. So I close up the Hellcast 2015 Halloween special with Sebastian already not paying attention as we close the show but the last recording to my good friend 
Jim Sadist. Here it is. Happy Halloween to you, man. Wherever you are, I hope you're hearing this episode. And this is from Graveworm's Doom to Eternity upcoming album. This is Shining Night Gleam. I am Reaper. Happy Halloween. We'll talk to you next time.